0: Hello everybody and welcome to episode 4 of the From Ballparks to Buzzerbeater Sportscast. I'm James Farley alongside my co-host Perry Mortzinos. We have a fantastic episode on tap for you guys today and we can't wait to get going. Perry, take it away.
1: Alright guys, so today we are recording this on the Wednesday that one of the greats um, in NFL history, Philip Rivers, retired from the NFL after 17 seasons um, one of them spent with the Colts last season, and then the previous sixteen spent with the Chargers. We'll be discussing that. We'll be discussing some MLB teams making big moves. We'll bring back this day in history, and we also have a couple of brand new segments planned out for you guys. So, far let's stop. Let's start with Philip Rivers. Is he a Hall of Famer?
0: Yes, Perry. Absolutely. I think that pe- Philip Rivers was a Hall of Famer. Those seventeen seasons were great ones. He's a great leader on and off the field, a great teammate. All of his his teammates loved him. He's a great quarterback, and I really respect him big time. Absolutely, I think that he should be a Hall of Fame quarterback. What are you thinking on this?
1: Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Um, He was at the top of his game for so many years. He was one of the toughest quarterbacks in NFL history. He's fifth in NFL history in passing yards and in touchdown passes. He is going to coach um, a high school team. That's the job they have lined up after he retired. And I think that he definitely, definitely, definitely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. But I think the more controversial question revolving around Phillip Rivers is how does he rank with those other members of that great 2004 quarterback draft class with Roethlisberger and Eli Manning?
0: Yeah, Perry. So on that list of the, the greats, Philip Rivers, Big Ben Roethlisberger, and Eli Manning from the 2004 draft class. At my Of those three, at my number one spot, I know it's controversial, but I think I have to put Eli Manning at that number one spot. He won two Super Bowl rings with the New York Giants in 2007 and 2011. And I think that those two championships speak volumes. Obviously, that great pass to um, David Tyree. He's a great player, and I would have to put him at the number one spot. And then number two, while this day is all about Phillip Rivers, I'd have to give it to Big Ben Roethlisberger. He won two championships with the Steelers in 05 and 08, had that great pass to Santonio San Holmes in the back of the end zone against the Arizona Cardinals in 2008. And at that number three spot, despite having more passing yards and such, I have to have Philip Rivers at the number three spot just because of not winning any Super Bowls in his career. What are you thinking?
1: so so my list is a lot different than yours um I have Big Ben number one Philip Rivers number two and Eli Manning number three um Big Ben obviously as you said had those two Super Bowl rings I think that he's looked the best quarterback since he was a rookie up until now so for me it's not really a question of who I put at number one and then Philip Rivers I put at number two He's one of the top three or four quarterbacks to never win a Super Bowl, probably behind Jim Kelly, Dan Marino, Warren Moon, and he's tough. He played that 2007 championship game against the, at the time, 17-0 Patriots, and I and then the team that beat him in the Super Bowl, his quarterback, Eli Manning, I put at number three. He Although he did win two Super Bowls and he beat one of the greatest team ever in the 07 Patriots, His starting record as a quarterback in the regular season was 500. It was 117 wins and 117 losses, and that I don't think is enough to warrant number one. I don't know if Eli Manning is going to get into the Hall of Fame. He should based on the basis of just his Super Bowl rings. So I think that he'll get in the Hall of Fame, but I don't think that he's the top one or even the top two quarterback in this 2004 draft class.
0: That's an interesting take, Perry. I still have Eli in my number one spot, obviously coming through extremely clutch, obviously being the Patriots in that 2011 Super Bowl. And I just think I think that he has to be that number one spot there. Big Ben, obviously, he has a great arm, throws for a ton of yards, obviously surpassing 500 yards in that loss to Cleveland just recently. That just showcases yeah. how 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 incredible of a quarterback he is in the NFL, despite his older age. And Phillip Rivers now, obviously he might, more on the more skilled level, I would probably have him above Eli Manning. That being said, I think that as an overall NFL quarterback, and if you take in cont- into consideration, the Super Bowl wins. And I know that Eli was five hundred for his career. I still think that those two chips really pl- come into consideration in this conversation.
1: So just to go back to Philip Rivers and why I have him ahead of Eli, because I think that we both can agree, at least for me, that Big Ben is was probably the best pure thrower out of these three quarterbacks. But Philip Rivers won 134 career games, 17 more than Eli did. That was number two among quarterbacks without a Super Bowl ring behind Dan Marino, and it was eighth all time. I don't know how this guy was worse than Eli Manning. I get that Eli Manning made the big throws. I get that he won the big games. But I think that was just a team getting hot at the right time. And their defense played really well. I mean, that 07 Super Bowl was a low-scoring battle. And they caressed um, Tom Brady, who threw 50 touchdown passes in the regular season. And Randy Moss, who caught 23 of them to not that many points, not that many yards. And I think that defense was one was the reason why they won that 07 Super Bowl, which I think is obviously the greatest achievement in Eli's career over the 2011 Super Bowl.
0: That's interesting, Perry. You mentioned that you thought that the New York Giants got hot at the right time at that point. You have to take into into consideration, though, that Eli Manning did do that. He did get hot at the right time. Did Phillip Rivers? He never was able to do that. He had 17 seasons to do so and never was able to bring a championship home to the Los Angeles Chargers um, at some point, the San Diego Chargers, then became the LA Chargers, and now in his final season with Indy for the Colts. Um, he, he was never able to win that championship, while, whereas Eli was, and that's why I have him at my number one spot.
1: Yeah, I think that's a fair argument that you can make, that Phillip Rivers didn't win the big games. But they got you that championship game, the conference championship game in 07, where he was playing with a torn ACL, and obviously their star running back Ladanian Tomlinson was knocked out of that game early and then the Patriots beat him in 6 too when they had a really good team they were the number one seed in the conference but I just think that he was a better quarterback than Eli Manning. Eli Manning as we know football is a team sport and winning the Super Bowl is a team accomplishment It's not so much as an individual accomplishment and that is why even though Eli got those teams to the Super Bowl and eventually won them, and he was the leader of that team being the quarterback, I still don't think that he was a better quarterback than Phil Rivers or Ben Roethlisberger.
0: Yeah, I don't know, because Phil Rivers, he... Um, because, well, if you have to mention that, Eli Manning, all things considered, all things put off to the side... He still won those championships. And you can say, hey, he had a better team around him. Hey, you have this. Hey, you have that. Well, guess what? Philip Rivers, you could say, I mean, a big-time Philip Rivers guy could say the same thing for him. And I I completely respect, I am a big fan of Philip Rivers. I love the guy. He's a great quarterback. And I'm not taking anything away from him. But I just think that at the end of the day, Eli Manning overall, with all achievements, all playing, everything considered, I think that Eli Manning's a better quarterback.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, those Super Bowl titles are going to be in favor of Big Ben and Eli Manning for, you know, history, and that's always going to be something that Philip Rivers never did, won a Super Bowl for his franchise, but I think that one thing that we can both agree on is that all three of these quarterbacks will eventually go to the Hall of Fame.
0: Absolutely, yes, Perry, and Philip Rivers led a great career, a lot of respect for the guy, and I really appreciate his time in the NFL. Moving on now to some to a new league, the MLB. There are some big MLT, MLB teams making some serious yes. moves here, Perry. Yes. Uh, the San Diego Padres, Chicago White Sox, and Toronto Blue Jays on the top of the list. This is Padres team, Perry, I'd like to point out, they're obviously they are competing in the NL. They are trying to trying to take it to the next step, right? They they just keep falling short, though. Yeah. They have to get past the Los Angeles, the mighty Los Angeles Dodgers. And I think that that's the one team really standing in their way of doing so. Obviously, that Dodgers team is fantastic. Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger, Jock Peterson. You have a great pitching staff in Clayton Kershaw, Walker Bueller. So that, that team is absolutely fantastic. And now the Padres, however, they're looking to maybe get one up on them. They've recently signed—they've recently gotten Blake Snell and Mike Clevenger, two yes. big-name pitchers on to add to their, to their pitching staff. And those are some two big guys. They also added Yu Darvish, who's yeah. despite his age is playing at, is pitching at an extremely high level. They took him from Chicago. Uh they've added Danilson Lamette. He's another solid pitcher and I think that this pitching staff could really carry them far come playoff time.
1: Yeah, I'm a big believer in the MLB and pitching wins championships. I but however i don't really see any teams i mean you even see the braves loading up the mets are loading up they just traded for francisco lindor but the dodgers are still the class of the national league i mean you could look at and say oh well the padres took them to five games in the divisional series last season in their mini bubble but i think they kind of caught lightning in a bottle there i mean obviously fernando tadis is a great player he's gonna be up for a big extension soon but Manny Machado had one of the best seasons of his career ha- after having three pretty solid pretty uh, solid drown years with a pretty decent dip in each of them. And I still think that the Dodgers are the class of the National League no matter what the Padres or the Braves or the Mets do. I think the only way that one of these teams beats them is a serious injury to Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger, Walker Buehler, because this Dodgers team is just so deep, even though they haven't re-signed um, their third baseman, Justin Turner. But I just don't see this Dodgers team losing in a five-game or a seven-game series.
0: Yeah, I agree with you, Perry. If you look at a Los Angeles Dodgers lineup on a day, on a nightly basis, right? You have yeah. two to, two of the top five, in all seriousness, two of the top five players in the MLB and Mookie Betts and Cody yes. Bellinger. And yeah. then you ha- add in... Corey Seager, who went absolutely berserk in the playoffs, and I don't see him slowing down. He's mm-hmm. a great young gun in the league. Along with the old veteran Justin Turner, they have a good catcher in Will Smith, a fantastic pitching staff with he arguably, I don't know about the best in the league anymore, but obviously super high up there is Clayton Kershaw. Walker Buehler, while he had a down year, he was expected to be competing for the Cy Young this past season, yeah. He and he didn't yeah. quite live up to those expectations, but I'm... I'm I'm expecting a turnaround year for him, and I think that that team, I just don't see any team being able to beat that team. However, along there, heading over to the American League side of things, the Chicago White Sox team is making some moves too. They're looking pretty good. Recently adding Liam Hendricks to their bullpen, he's arguably the best reliever in the game, taking him from yeah. Oakland, and then also trading for Lance Lynn, and despite his age, last season he looked fantastic for the Texas Rangers. So, hey, this team is loading up on some pretty solid players, huh?
1: Yeah, this team has sure been on the rise for a while. They've been waiting for those prospects to, you know, get some playing time in the minor leagues and then eventually come up to the major leagues. Um, Yoann Makata, one of the great players on that team, came over in the Chris Sale trade with the Boston Red Sox. Tim Anderson is their shortstop. He's a fun player to watch. However, I don't know if Tony La Russa is the right guy to manage this for them. He's 76 years old. The White Sox, as we know, are a young team. And La is really not the, you know, analytics guy. He's more, of, you know, the old school coach. And let's see if he can do it. But I'm just not confident in the manager being able to keep this talent around him and propel him into the playoffs and hopefully deeper.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting, Perry. That Chicago White Sox team obviously has Yohan Moncada, Tim Anderson, Jose Abreu, who was in the MVP candidate. Oh, who was an MVP yeah. candidate this past season? He has Grandal. They have Lucas Giolito, who had a phenomenal season last year. So this team, they're looking pretty good. I think it'll be interesting. I know that the coaching is obviously a bit of a question over there in Chicago. It'll be interesting to see what they do with Tommy LaRusa. That being said, the Chicago White Sox team has some bright futures to come. Another team up there, the Toronto Blue Jays. They have one of the best young cores in the league in Bo Bichette um, and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And obviously just recently from the Houston Astros, they just took both George Springer and Michael Brantley to add to their outfield core. This is a good team, Perry. What are you thinking for this team?
1: Yeah, so Michael Brantley is not officially signed yet, but they're in deep talks, and he'll probably end up being signed by the Blue Jays. But George Springer signing that six-year, $150 million contract, I've loved him. I mean, he hits big home runs in the playoffs out of the leadoff spot. He gets on base. He was the World Series MVP in 2017. Obviously, you know, you could say, well, the Astros wouldn't have won if they didn't sign Steele. That's an entire... Entirely different argument for an entirely different day, but with Bregman, Altuve, and Correa, their stat lines dropped this year. Springer stayed the same and even went up a little bit. He's a great player, and they're going to have a fun time in Toronto watching him. And um, Vlad Jr., as you said, playing third baseman, playing third base. They they were talks of sliding him over to first. They said that he slimmed down a little, so he's able to move a little bit on the hot corner. But we'll see, and I think the defense in the infield is really gonna be a problem for that team.
0: Yeah, that'll be interesting. I mean, obviously the team's good. I'm not a huge fan of George Springer personality wise. Obviously, I mean not a ton of people are a fan of any of those former Houston Astros players, but there's no taking it away from him that he's a great player. So that's definitely gonna be interesting to see what comes of that Toronto Blue Jays yeah. team. All right. Yeah, Move- I mean th- sorry, yeah, keep go going. Ahead, Perry. Go ahead. No, you go, Perry. All right, Sorry.
1: I was just going to say that they have um, a great pitcher that came over from the Dodgers last year, um, Hing Jin Ryu. So their pitching staff isn't a problem either. Their pitching staff isn't really a massive problem, and but they compete in a tough division there with the New York Yankees and the Tampa Bay Rays.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting. All right, moving on to our next se- segment, one that we'd like to call This Day in History. In 1980, in NFL Super Bowl 14 at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, California, the Pittsburgh Steelers defeated the Los Angeles Rams 31-19, taking home that Super Bowl win in the Lombardi yes. Trophy. MVP, MVP of that game, Terry Bradshaw, the quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, as the Steelers, a big, um, a big turn for them there as it became the first NFL franchise to win four Super Bowls on that day.
1: Yes, I believe that was Terry Bradshaw's fourth Super Bowl MVP award.
0: Yeah, interesting. All right, so that wraps up this day in history. And now we're moving on. Today's Wednesday, everyone. And that means that today is draft day. This is a really exciting time. This is great. Yes, taking taking it up for the first time every Wednesday. The plan is that we'll be doing a draft for anything, any random category in sports in today's segment. It's draft day for the best Mikes in sports. We're drafting the best players all time in sports with the name Mike or Michael. All right, so Michael, nickname Mike, anybody in that realm can be drafted in this draft.
1: Um, we, before we came on the air, we did a quick coin flip. Um, James will be picking first. We do not know who each other is going to pick, so this is like a real draft. So I think we should get started.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited for this one, Perry. And obviously, with the honor of taking the number one pick in the Michael slash Mike draft, I feel like there's absolutely no debate as to who has to be taken number one. Yeah. My number one pick in the draft is Mr. Michael Jordan, the greatest basketball player to ever walk on earth. He's absolutely phenomenal. Six championships for the Chicago Bulls. He's even good enough to have played in an entire different... League and the MLB for the Chicago White Sox in their farm system up through minor leagues. And then he came back and what did he do? Won another championship. Absolutely. My number one pick is Michael Jordan. And we forgot to mention this. This is a snake draft. So that means that I'm going to take, I draft, and then Perry goes back to back. Then I go back to back. Perry goes back to back and so on until each of us takes six picks and then we'll compare teams. All right, Perry, you're away for the second and third picks. Yeah.
1: So. this is a guy that I was hoping would kind of fly, f- fly under the radar, and I'm glad to get him at number two. The best Olympian of all time, Michael Phelps, twenty three gold medals, um, swimming. He was fantastic, fantastic athlete in the Olympics, um, and I'm really glad to get him at number two. I definitely think he's the best, the second best Mike in sports history. Yeah, that's a and really good
0: he- pick. I was hoping he'd fly under the radar too and that I could possibly take him at the number four spot, but man, you are all over that one, Perry. I know, I
1: saw him and I was like, how did I miss him at first? Alright. Alright, so I'm going to go to n- number three. There's a couple different people that I could take here um, and I've really been debating this, but I'm going to take somebody who you guys might think is a little bit high for this pick, but Faro's obviously goes back to back and I want to field as good of a team as I can and the guy that I'm gonna take number three overall is Mike Trout Mike Trout obviously one of the best baseball players um in the past the best baseball player of the past decade is going to be one of the greats of all time he last year was the first year that I didn't finish in the top three of MVP voting in his career I'm excited to get him at number three and I think he's a really really good player
0: Man, Perry, you're shocking me here. Two great picks there. Obviously, I was hoping that Mike Trout would fall. Wasn't totally sure if you are going to take him or not, and there you did. Two really good picks. All right. So now I go back-to-back with number four and five. So to go along with Michael Jordan, I'm happy with this pick. I'm going to have to take, with the fourth pick of the Mike draft, I'm going to have to take Michael Strahan. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Great defensive player of his time. He's obviously still a big name today. He great for the New York Giants. I'm a big fan of his. Great guy. And I'm happy with him with the fourth pick. So right now, as we both have four picks in, I have Michael Jordan and Michael Stray, Strahan. Perry has Michael Phelps and Mike Trout. Let us know who you guys think has the best team up until this point. And as we move forward with the fifth pick in the draft, I have a couple names here that I'm tossing up here. And I think that I'm going to have to take the United States of America track star, Michael Johnson. This guy is as fast as lightning. He's a big-time gold medal winner, and I'm going along. Look at that. Of the five picks, two of them are Olympians. He's a great guy, great runner, and I'm going to take him with the number five pick. Yeah,
1: here's my next pick, Uh, actually. I was hoping that you would... Um, Go a different route, but he was a great track star for the U.S. national team. And then number five here, I'm going to take... Number six, sorry Number six. Number six, sorry. Number six overall. I'm going to take a great baseball player, Mike Schmidt, uh, who was a career third baseman for the Philadelphia Phillies. Had so many stats. He hit 548 home runs. He drove in 1,595 runs, and he won 10 gold gloves. He won three MVP awards as well. And I think this is a guy that could have gone a little bit earlier, probably could have gone ahead of Trout if I wanted to. But I think that Trout was too good, but I think that this is a right pick. And I think that Michael Schmidt was a great player.
0: All right, heading your way once again as it's a snake draft with the number seven pick. Who are you taking, Perry?
1: So number seven, um, there's a couple people that you could take here. But the guy that I'm going to take is Mike Tyson. Obviously, one of the best boxers in history. Obviously, a very controversial figure as well. Um, but he had 50 wins, 6 losses, and 44 knockouts in his career. His nickname, obviously, being Iron Mike. He was a ferocious boxer. He's trying to make a comeback now. But he is who I think is one the 7th best Mike of all time.
0: That's interesting, Perry, and I'm really happy this, this guy slid. I'm actually going to take him with, what, the ninth pick. With the eighth pick, I'm going to take Mike Piazza, the catcher, played for the New York Mets in his time in the MLB. He was a great player, great catcher, great player on the field every single night, and I'm happy with him with my eighth pick. With the ninth pick, I was absolutely pumped when I realized that this guy would be able to work for this draft, and I'm absolutely pumped about this. The ninth pick is Mr. Mike, Coach K. Shashevsky. He played college, ba- <laughs> he played college basketball at Army in his time, and now he's the greatest college basketball coach of all time, playing for Duke. So with my ninth pick, I am pumped that he slid. I think that that is a huge pick. I am taking Coach K. What do you think yeah, of that one, really Perry?
1: Good, that's a really good pick. Um, I, I'm actually going to take another coach here at number 10. He was also a player, though. I'm going to take Mike Ditka. Um, obviously, was the coach of that Bears team. That was one of the best in NFL history. He's the only individual to win a championship with the same team as a player and a head coach. He played tight end. He was a head coach, as I said. Just a, He was an NFL legend and a sports legend as a whole. And then at... Number eleven.
0: As your last there, pick of the draft. Your last pick of the I draft. Know. We each have six. It's,
1: it's my last pick. There's a couple of great athletes. There's a really famous um person that I'm thinking of might not have been the best athlete. But I'm going to take Michael Irvin, the wide receiver from the Dallas Cowboys. Um obviously he played with great quarterbacks, but he was still a great wide receiver. He will be the second um, football player on my team after Mike Ditka. So after not taking football players, I'm going back to back with a tight end and wide receiver. So kind of filling up the offense. But Michael Irvin is my pick at number 11 with the last pick of of mine in this draft.
0: I really appreciate that pick, Perry. And now with the last pick of the draft... First of all, here, so I have now that's the last pick, nobody can steal any of my picks. So I'm just gonna give out a quick Correct. couple of quick couple honorable mentions. Honorable mention number one, Michael Vick. Obviously yes. a great quarterback yeah. of his time. He's elusive. Um he's fun to watch on the football field. And then along with that, Mike Conley. I feel like he's had a very unappreciated okay. Okay. a very unappreciated career in regards to his point guard tenure in the NBA. He's been really good, nothing short of a great player. I feel like he's never truly gotten the respect that he deserves on his name, So, which is why I wanted to put him on my list. But this, while it may seem like a bit of a... Mm, actually, I might be taking somebody off of my... Yep, I'm taking back my word real quick. Added to the honorable mentions, I'm going to have to say Michael Shoemaker, the Formula One driver. Yep. Obviously, yep, but I think that I have to take it back. The last pick, I have to take Michael Vick. Um, I was just reconsidering my last picks. I mean, I feel like when it came down to Michael Vick or Michael Shoemaker, those are my two really last picks. I thought that all in all, as athletes, obviously Formula One is not as much of a relevant sport compared to football, which is why I had to take Michael Vick with the last pick.
1: Yeah, he was um, in my final three, actually, for my last pick. The other guy that might have been a little bit of a stretch was Michael Orr obviously the subject of the movie blindside i was going to take him if probably there had been one or two more rounds but i didn't feel that he was prominent enough of an athlete to go in this draft
0: yeah definitely perry so actually it was kind of funny i had a list of all the mics and every single mic on my list was taken so clearly we had good minds think alike and clearly we both had some guys on our minds yeah yeah we did so let's quickly go over the draft so just in order, it went Michael Jordan, Michael Phelps, Mike Trout, Michael Strahan, Michael Johnson, Mike Schmidt, Mike Tyson, Mike Piazza, Coach K, which is Mike Krzyzewski, Mike Ditka, Michael Irvin, and then Michael Vick. So, Perry, how do you feel about your team of Phelps, Trout, Schmidt, Tyson, Dikka, and Irvin?
1: I think they're great athletes. I mean, Phelps, best Olympian of all time. I've got Mike Trout, who may, when it's all said and done, be a top two, top three best baseball player of all time um mike schmidt obviously a great baseball player as well mike tyson one of the best boxers ever um and then mike dicka one of the super bowl winning head coaches there haven't been a lot of those he also won as a player and then michael Irvin, who won i believe three super bowls with the 1990s uh dallas cowboys so i'm feeling really really good about my team
0: yeah interesting and then now, for my team, I have Michael Jordan, Michael Strahan, Michael Johnson, Mike Piazza, Mike Krzyzewski, and Michael Vick. I'm pretty happy with my team overall. I have a variety of picks. Obviously, I have MJ, who is in the NBA, Michael Strahan in the NFL, along with Michael Vick in the NFL, Coach K, who's obviously affiliated with college basketball, Mike Piazza in the MLB, and Michael Johnson with track and field. I feel like Michael Johnson is a really un unappreciated pick here i'm really pumped with that pick in the with the number what was that fifth pick of the draft and i'm really happy i think that mj and strahan put together because obviously strahan is relevant now as well uh and i think that having the number one michael of all time on my team is pretty big so yeah I agree when all is said and done i feel like the teams are pretty even i think that it's up to you guys so for all of you listeners Tell us who you guys think has the best team at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Now we're going to slide into our final segment of the day. It's going to be a quick one. Um, So obviously the NBA has been considering expansion, Um, have looked at Seattle, have looked at Kansas City, but we're going to start a little bit of a series here where we're going to go through on each team and you're going to be able to keep eight guys on your roster. So both of us being Boston Celtics fans, we're going to start with the celtics so i'll say one guy who i chose and then Farrells will say one guy that he says and it might go back and forth um we might have the same people but i'm sure that there will be a couple of people that will be debate debated
0: yeah it's interesting so obviously i think that the first conversation that has to be made with the expansion teams in the nba becoming a reality is which cities Perry, do you think a pr- should deserve a team the most and are the most worthy of a team?
1: I think Seattle should definitely get a team. Absolutely. Um, obviously, the Supersonics left for Oklahoma City and became the Thunder.
0: Yeah, Seattle I got think robbed.
1: That, yeah, they got robbed. Um, and I think that a team that has a very compelling case is Kansas City. Obviously, with Pat Mahomes there and the Kansas City Chiefs, that team is going to be a great sports market for years to come. And I would say that those are probably the top two teams that I'm at least looking at.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like Las Vegas should be on the, yeah, the topic of yeah, discussion. Be on there. Should be on the topic of discussion as well. It'll be interesting. I feel like... Ob- I think I have... So I have one legitimate idea and, and then another kind of more fun or less likely but kind of creative case. One, with only team... One, only one team in the NBA being from Canada and the Toronto Raptors. I think that another team should probably head up north, whether that yes. be in, whether yes. that be in Edmonton, Montreal, any of those Calgary, Vancouver. Vancouver, any of those big name cities that have already have an NHL franchise. That I think yes. that would I think that Canada would really should deserves and I think it would be big because obviously the Canada teams are prominent with the Toronto Raptors just recently winning an NBA championship. So I think that that would be fun to watch. And then another team. Yeah, another, I think
1: that Seattle's definitely going to get a team.
0: Yeah, and another, te- another one that I think would be interesting, and I, there's no way it's going to end up happening, but I feel like two states that are never, when you look at the USA, Alaska and Hawaii are never anywhere even close <laughs> to on the list. But you have to think. These NBA players, you know, they could use a break. They could use a little bit of a vacation thing. Could you imagine the Honolulu Hoopers? Come on now. Who would not root for that team? That would be absolutely phenomenal. I think that that would be super cool to see. Obviously, it's not going to happen, but wouldn't that be pretty awesome? The Honolulu Hoopers?
1: From a fan standpoint, it would be phenomenal. Um, Maybe they'd have an outdoor court. uh, You never know. (laughs) But... (laughs) from a league standpoint it would never work um, travel wise it's a i believe i've never been to Hawaii but i believe it's a 6 hour flight just from San Francisco over there so from a logistics standpoint it wouldn't work but it would be awesome
0: yeah that would be pretty cool all right now to the bulk of our discussion here with the expansion teams in yes. the NBA so both of us Perry and I being big time Boston Celtics We're both Boston sports fanatics, but obviously the Boston Celtics being one of our favorite teams to watch, focus, cover, and just cheer for in general. So if an expansion team were to come up, each NBA team would be able to keep eight players on their roster, but then any other team aside, any other player, excuse me, aside from those eight players could possibly be, could be taken in this expansion draft. So, yes. that being said, the Boston Celtics, if we were if an expansion team were to become a big time topic and an expansion draft were to take place and we were forced to say, "Hey, we have to keep eight players on our roster." Who would they be? So, Perry, at the number 1 spot, who are you taking in this? I'll we can we'll, we can go back and forth for our picks in order and we can compare our picks.
1: Sure. Um, I think, you know, the first five aren't really that debatable for the Celtics. I think that Jason Tame is definitely the guy that should be protected first by the Boston Celtics.
0: Yeah, he's my number one as well. Obviously, he's already reaching an MVP candidate type of level, being as young a player as he is in the league. He has a great future, and I have a feeling he's going to bring a championship to Boston, or multiple, championship or two, maybe even three, you never know what happens to Boston at one point in his career. And another player that's going to help him make that happen at my number two spot is Jalen Brown. The two are the two... Yeah. When they come together, they're the best one-two punch, the best duo, young duo in the NBA. They're scoring at an extremely high level, both of which I believe are averaging above 26 points per game this season. I think Tatum's at 26.9 yes. and Jalen, 26.3. But, I mean, that's yeah, unheard of. So. It's great. That's... Yeah. scoring at a very high level so those two I feel like are non-debatable for the top two spots Perry do you have Jalen at your number two spot
1: yeah I definitely have Jalen at my number two spot Um, all the things that you said are absolutely correct they're they're the best young duo in the NBA they're definitely a top top five maybe even top three regular duo in the NBA and then at number three so keep in mind guys this is without um, contract so we don't need to worry about any contracts or anything like that but number three I do have Kemba Walker um, he's a great point guard I'm a believer that you can't win the championship without a point guard and he's a great one he obviously won a championship at UConn as long as that knee holds up I think that he's definitely that he definitely should be protected by the Boston Celtics
0: absolutely Perry he's still a top elite point guard in the NBA today he He's one of the heart and soul players of the this Boston Celtics team he gets the job done on a nightly basis and obviously coming back from that tough knee injury he's going to certainly help this Boston Celtics team once he returns to full health and is playing at his utmost potential at my fourth yes. spot yes yeah at my fourth spot, I have to take Marcus Smart obviously he's a phenomenal defensive player one of the best in the league he has been on the All-nBA defensive first team he's the heart and soul of the Celtics team. He's one of the best competitors I've ever watched in any sport he puts his heart on the line every single night and he's a great he's a he's a big time player and we really need him as celtics fans we really need him out on the court every single night which is why the celtics should definitely keep him
1: uh yeah i agree that he should be capped obviously I'm not the biggest fan of Marcus smart i hate when he you know, takes pull-up 30-footers with 18 seconds left on the shot clock. It drives me bananas, but he is the heart soul of the team, so he needs to be protected. I've been protected as the number 6 player. At number 4, I have a young town that's looked very comfortable, like a 10-year vet, uh, Payne Pritchard. Obviously, he came from Oregon. He was a 4-year player there. He, even though he's a rookie, he's coming with the poise, as I said, of a veteran. And, you know, he's the fourth highest scorer on this Celtics team this year, averaging 9.3 points per game. I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but for a bench unit, that wasn't really great last year, especially in the bubble. Peyton Pritchard has helped the Celtics out a lot. And then at number five, I have a newcomer to the Celtics this year, Tristan Thompson. I have to include a big um, somewhere coming up. And for me, the best big on the Celtics team it t- is Tristan Thompson.
0: That's interesting, Perry. With you having Tristan Thompson at your number five spot, while he's a great big rebounding menace, I do not, as a matter of fact, even have him on my list. And while he's a great, he I feel like age is going to end up catching up to him. We don't the Celtics. He's not going to be our center of the future. He's not going to be a long run player for this team. That's fair. Which is why. Which is why. Obviously it would hurt to lose him, yes, but I don't think I think that there are eight other players that the Celtics team could use more so than Tristan Thompson. At my number five spot, as you were just discussing, Peyton Pritchard from Morgan, the rookie, he's playing phenomenal at a high level. He's gained the trust of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. They've already considered him the GOAT at one point, which is obviously he's not quite the GOAT, but he's playing at a great level. And then another young gun at the number six spot. I have Robert Williams, the big guy. He's an ath- yeah, yeah. He, yeah go ahead go ahead. He's an athletic center. He can rebound like nobody's business. He has some empath, empathetic, ju- uh, excuse me, and em- big time dunks. And he's a he's a good player. He has a extremely high field goal percentage. I mean, yes, he takes all of his shots right from the paint, but he's still a good player.
1: Yeah, I actually don't have him on on my list. I think that you know it's you have to sacrifice young talent for good talent. And basically, it was between Thompson or. Robert Williams, and I took Robert Williams at, at my six spot. I already told you guys I had Marcus Smart. And then at number seven, I had another big on the Celtics team that definitely I felt should have been included, Daniel Tice. Although he isn't a great three-point shooter, he did have a great season last year um, working as that starting center. Although it ha- there have been a little bit of growing pains with him at power forward and Tristan Thompson at center to start games, um, I think that he definitely has to be included on this list.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Daniel Tice is definitely at my number 7 spot. And then number 8, the rookie Aaron Nismith out of Vanderbilt. I think that he's not getting much playing time, but I think that at one point or another he's going to be able to get himself out on the floor and be a good player. Kerry, who do you have on the eight, 8 spot as we wrap up this episode?
1: So yeah, um, it was between Neesmith and Grant Williams for me, and I took Grant Williams the league is switching to more of that small ball type role and Grant Williams is able to slide from spots one through five. And that's why I think that he has to be included. And although you know he's not a great three-point shooter, he's number eight on my list for his ability to defend spots one through five.
0: Definitely I like that pick Perry. And with that, thank you everybody for listening. That wraps up the fourth episode of the From Ballparks to Buzzer Beaters sports cast. Signing out, I'm James Farley alongside Perry Mortinos. Have a good one, everyone. Thank you, everybody.